This podcast is generously supported by Classic Hits 92.7 and your station for news, information, and community 100.3 FM and AM 1490. I'm Zach Stevens. You are listening to In Focus, production of the Insight Photography Project. In this episode, I sit down with Evan Darling. An alumnus of Insight, Evan graduated from the Rochester Institute of Technology in 2015 with a degree in photographic sciences. He is now employed as a junior digital microscopy research technician at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Uh, how did you get started in photography? Okay. Um, when I was in middle school, um, my mom was looking for some activity that I could get into. When, um, you know, as I was growing up, something that I could, you know, have for, for all of high school or the rest of my life or, you know, some amount of time to get me interested in a hobby. And she um, talked to a bunch of people and she, she heard that the Insight Photography Project downtown was this really great place with some really cool people. It was four kids who just needed an outlet, and um, I I signed up, took the intro black and white photo class, and um, started shooting, basically. Um, It, you know, taught me a lot, and um, I made made a lot of friends, so I kind of got hooked, and I just progressed taking classes at Insight, uh, trying to see where I could go with, with photography in general. I think that kind of culminated in high school in, you know, wanting to get as many jobs as possible, you know, trying out each field. I did some advertising photography for a couple of the different music stores around here, you know, photographing guitars, drum sets, people playing their music. I, I photographed some, like, cans of jelly and stuff for Vermont Country Deli, and I worked for The Reformer for uh, a couple months there. And all of these experiences kind of got, got me interested in the process of photography more than actually using the medium as an artistic outlet. But it took me a while to get behind that idea. You know, the science behind it was so much more intriguing to me than um, the actually just using the application of it. So as I started to look for all of these different, you know, ways that I could use photography or learn about the process of it, I was, you know, applying to college. And (laughs) it really took me from, like, middle school all the way to, like, the very end of high school to, like, realize all of this. Yeah, insight over the span of, like, what is that, six, seven years helped me develop my love for photography and the, the, the science behind photography. And now I'm a scientific photographer. Like, that's my profession. 
Spotify. Uh, yeah. What drew you to doing black and white photography first rather than doing digital? So, so I started with the black and white photo class mostly just because that's the one that my mom picked. But um, we we went over the list of the the classes, and I was like, I have no idea how that works. That sounds cool. I'll, I guess, give it a shot. Why not? And I I had heard that we got to use our own cameras for a couple of the weeks, so that definitely piqued my interest. Um, Because I could, you know, I'd, I'd never had something that I could photograph with before. You know, it was it was a completely, like, new experience. You know, I'd used my mom's, like, point-and-shoot cameras before, but that was kind of the, the upper echelon of photography at that point. So I got really excited about having something of my own, I guess. Especially when I was in middle school. Like, that's all you want. <laughs> Things to be yours. I just didn't know how it worked, and I wanted to figure it out. And, you know, the the teachers at Insight taught me about everything that they could, and then I kept asking questions, and I I think I reached the limitation of everybody's knowledge, so I started, like, looking other stuff up about, like, the, the chemistry and how to make dilutions, you know, basic stuff that that I use every day now. Like, I learned that here at Insight. Insight provided me with, like, an incredible outlet to explore and, you know, d- develop things that I, I absolutely was intrigued in. Film got me interested mostly because of the chemical process behind it. That moment when you start to see your image just come to life in the developer. It's beautiful. Like, <laughs> how can some blank sheet of paper that you just touched with some light suddenly come out as this physical object? That was definitely the process that got me interested. As I, you know, started started teaching classes at Insight and everything, um, just watching them have that moment too, it's really cool. You went to college yes. at RIT. Yes. What did you study at RIT? I studied imaging and photographic technology. So using... I, I, my curriculum involved taking classes just to use the photography, but also learning how the images were created and how light itself is recorded, and then learning about the the light itself and how we can change things, how we can use light as a manipulative, you know, sort of quantifiable medium to image things. That's kind of the general basis behind it. So there was a lot of art involved, but it it developed into it developed into an, an interest of the way that the image is formed more than 
the image itself. Yeah. So I you're think, really interested in I think that's process. a good description. Right. The process is the most interesting part to me. As well as as well as the images themselves, you know. There was a there's a really cool exhibit that I went to three weeks ago over in Boston where um not not photo specifically, but um there there was a old like painting uh exhibit that the 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 artist hadn't used any like gloss enhancer or anything to preserve his paintings but they they had been around for like 60 something years so they were really faded like almost to the point where they had no value anymore but some of the photographers back in the 60s had archived these paintings on old ectochrome slides and they had preserved them nearly perfectly. You know, film degrades, that's known. But Kodak has, in, in all of their infinite wisdom, created color metrics for the degradation of all of their film types. And these um, reproductionists, um, and some, some of them were from RIT, used those color-changing metrics and applied them to the old ectochrome slides that had been made, and they did huge scans of these, of these images. And what they ended up doing was, um, you know, perfectly calibrating these crazy monitor, um, projectors to the, the images and they projected the original color onto the old paintings and restored the entire painting, you know, with the original color. So, so there was this moment where I was, I was in there and you could just hold your hand up and there, it would look red and vivid and then you block the light and it's, it was gray and just dull. And that using science, you know, to restore beautiful, beautiful works of art with imagery was, like, that's awesome <laughs> that we can do that. I went yeah, off on a tangent, that's, but... That's great. Yeah. I wish I saw that exhibit. It's really cool. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience at RIT? Yeah. Um, RIT was... I mean, it was the perfect place to learn about the science behind photo. That's, I mean, that's the point of the major, really. Um, so the imaging science, like, college at RIT has, has people, you know, go through, you know, intense years of calculus and geometric optics and that kind of stuff. But they never really apply very much of it. So... I got interested in doing half that as well as the art side of things. So RIT, you know, totally let me get involved absolutely everywhere that I wanted to and told me more about how I could develop some of these skills. I, I got the opportunity to go have this amazing internship over in... 
the the Marine Biological Lab in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, had no idea that like microscopy was a thing. Using a microscope and imagery could produce such beautiful images that had, you know, actual scientific value to them. Like, what? Where did that come from? How is that a, a thing? <laughs> and our, my um, my my advisor was just like, oh yeah, we have this really cool internship. You'd probably like it. Why don't we try and see if you can fill that position? That would be really cool. It's like, of course, I'd love to. RIT was the right place to get me involved with everything that I wanted to try. You know, kind of, kind of the same way that Insight let me try everything that I wanted to. Because of this internship, that's that's kind of what led you down the path of what you're doing. Huge now. turning point, totally. Great. Can you tell me about my microscopy? Microscopy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Sure. So tell me about it. Uh, the even funnier word is microscopist. <laughs> is that what your official title is? Yes. <laughs> or do you go by that or scientific photographer? Um, if I was to it depends on who it. I'm describing it to. Uh-huh. People will be able to understand scientific photographer more than microscopist. They can extrapolate, you know, the word microscope from that word, but they don't really know how that's involved. So I work with microscopes of all kinds and they they you know the end result is to take imagery of the the samples that are being observed so the the camera aspect behind it was what got me interested in microscopy in the first place you know the difference between a scientific emccd and a regular Bayer pattern CMOS chip that is on a typical DSLR is huge. Like, they're very different types of sensors, but they can be used very similarly. And in in college, I, you know, kept on asking myself, why is, why is this happening? What's going on here? And everything is is pretty difficult to figure out in microscopy sometimes. You really have to think through things a lot. Um, and I, I, I just loved that process. And then on my internship over in Woods Hole, um, there, were, there were so many times when I would sit down with these, these PhDs and all of these crazy different types of scientists and they would ask me, like, why is this happening? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> but I guess we can we can figure it out. And here's what we can do with the microscope to get you the imagery that you need. And knowing how to work all of the different parts of the system is just incredible, you know? A good photographer has a handle on using an aperture, shutter speed, an ISO, and every other, you know, functionality of his or her camera. A microscopist has full control of all of the 
different parts that you use to produce the light, capture the light, change the the axial symmetry of the light. Like we it's it's nearly full control except for the thing that you're taking pictures of. And that I love that. That you 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 can nearly have full control of the system. That was what was really eye-opening to me that Okay, specific specific instance. Um inside inside your your ear um behind the tympanic membrane there are these little hair like fibers called stereocilia and they're about 120 nanometers they're extremely small and we can't take pictures of them with a microscope normally we have to use very specific types of microscopes that end up being anywhere between 700 and $700,000 and a million dollars. Like, they're very, very high-functioning machines. And um, there's this one researcher from Israel who was trying to take pictures of these stereocilia responding to just waves of water passing over them. And it had never been done before, so he he started talking to me, and I was like, oh man, we got this microscope that would be perfect for what you need. I'm going to try and learn everything that I can about it so that we can make it work. And the first try that we took was terrible. It was awful. It did not work, and he was like, I don't want to come back to this. I'm not going to be able to use it anyways. Not worth it. But I, I kept his sample, and I, I tried it out, like, all night long. And I figured out how to make it work. And the next day, I had him come back with another sample. We imaged it perfectly, and I was able to resolve one of the, uh, maybe at least, very first videos of live stereocilia waving as, as, as if they were in a tympanic membrane, hearing sound, basically. So it's just little tiny moments like these where you, I, I realize that I just took a picture of how, how we process sound, or I imaged pain a couple weeks ago. Like, the process of pain actually happening. So, are you the first one to have ever imaged us processing sound? Mm, probably not. <laughs> but maybe. I don't know. Wow. Live. Um, we've, we've been taking pictures of stereocilia with, like, electron microscopes for years. But they don't, they can't move. So, Maybe. Maybe. That's incredible. Yeah. You just started a new job? Yes. And so you're applying what you've learned with the scientific photography and then like cross 
Microscopy. Microscopy. I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. To a real world application. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm guessing there's there's probably two things going on in your life the work side of things, the scientific mm -hmm. and research yeah. side. Yeah. But then I'm guessing that there's probably some art going on. Too. Oh, yeah. Great. Can you tell me about both things? Tell sure. Me first, about this new job and what you do totally. to make, the, make money in yeah. the scientific research. Yeah. Part. And then afterwards, tell me a little bit about how you're applying the same stuff to your personal art. Sure. The, a typical day for me, or like a couple of hours, is that I will, you know, sit down with a group of researchers who have been working with these, these samples to involving cancer, because I work at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, um... They've, they've been preparing these samples to figure out a specific process involved in cancer. You know, if a cell excretes a certain protein or, um, you know, moves in a certain direction towards something, um, that's what we're trying to image. So we, I, and the, the people that I work with go through the microscopes that we have and we figure out which ones would be best for the the things that we're trying to take pictures of. And it ends up being a back and forth between the researchers and preparing their samples and how we can interact with that with the microscope. So we microscopists have to know everything about the microscope systems that we're using in order to you know, have the researchers get imagery that they need and to, um, and to be able to, you know, get paid because they're ultimately the ones that pay us. So I, I go through and I take the images for them and sometimes the samples are terrible. Like, sometimes we can't image them because they're so bad. Um... And sometimes the microscopes break, and then we have to fix them. Sometimes they're really, really beautiful samples that just pop. And it's, they, you can produce the most beautiful imagery from them. And those are the ones that get microscopists going. They make us incredibly excited about our jobs, and we love working with researchers who know how to prepare samples really well. So the the artistic side of of my job comes into play when we're able to produce beautiful imagery of of certain samples. And the beauty is both in the images themselves, the the, the Nikon Small World competition is an incredible outlet for these types of things. I got an honorable mention a couple of years ago, which was super cool. Highly recommend going through some of the images because they're really, really nice preview of like the kind of work that microscopists do. Yeah, that's kind of how the art side of it comes into play. So what are you doing personally as an artist? As an artist? You know, I, I use my aperture, shutter speed, and ISO in the microscope version of them to manipulate the way that the images are taken 
and trying to you know adjust the composition of the the images to make the pictures as beautiful as they can be and it's it's very subjective once you get down to that point you know at the very end stages of every research project we're trying to gather imagery for publication and that's really one of the biggest things about any good paper that gets written and produced is that you know if if the paper is really good it's going to have amazing imagery and people are going to go wow that picture is awesome i guess i should read this paper <laughs> or maybe follow up with it that kind of thing so as a as a photographer you want to have that wow factor or get people interested in the images that you're taking and that's most of what the artistic side is is there anything in particular you like to photograph um, the most uh in microscopy or just in general well, in general mm -hmm. things pro processes that have a very far-reaching um kind of re relationship with the imagery. So, like, imaging pain, that was really cool because it's, you know, it's something that isn't just the actual imagery, it's the idea of it, you know? It's super weird to be able to photograph something that you feel, like the physical feeling <laughs> itself. It's kind of meta, in a way. Gaining imagery that helps explain some process about the world. That's the coolest part. And that's what, you know, scientists are interested in. Explaining things. There's a huge message behind all of the images that I end up taking. And not only, you know, for the specific research, but in the broader sense of things. They have a huge impact on the entire world. In the end, you know, we're taking imagery for projects that will develop new cancer therapies, helping real people get better. That's the awesome part that I love about my job. We help people get better. What are your influences with photography and, like, Microscopy. I think the biggest influence is my desire to discover new things. Um, that's always, always been something that I constantly want to do, is explore. You know, I get to see new things every single day. And... You know, wh whether that be from imaging side of side of things, or you know, going and hiking the the long trail. That's seeing new things. That's what I love doing. Um, so that is definitely one of the biggest driving forces um, behind me being interested in what I do. And I wish that 
everybody could do that because you know variety is the spice of life <laughs> that's what they say that's what they say <laughs> so that's definitely the biggest one in terms of influences that got me to that point where that is I, I solidly know that that's like what I like to do definitely the the staff at insight always taught me to keep keep exploring you know just just to name a few people Tim Callahan awesome teacher love the guy he he you know I still shoot with his mamiya like every day um it's my it's my main camera I don't really shoot that much digital outside of work it's mostly <laughs> I mostly shoot film which is awesome so Tim Callahan Roger Katz always told me to keep going going out trying new things talking to new people i mean you taught me how to talk to people so that i could figure out how to photograph them better i don't know if i did a particularly good job at it but i tried as best i could you know in a way my influences have been my entire life i guess everything that i've done up to today has been the biggest influence i feel so weird saying everything but that's honestly what makes a person everything what are your plans for the future my plans for the future are to short term I mean, I, I love this job. I don't really have any intent to go off, do somewhere new, because it's new, it's fun, it's exciting. I know that I'll, that'll change in a couple of years. It's crazy to think of something as, like, a huge change, like, a few years from now. The only things that have, like, set me up to that point was, like, college. <laughs> I was like... Wow, I'm going to college. That's four years. Keep exploring the the microscopic world. Finding new ways to image the processes that we can use to help explain what's going on in the world. Probably a couple of years down the road, I want to take a big break and do a road trip around the U.S. Haven't seen half the country, so gotta get off of the East Coast eventually. <laughs> I want to hike the Appalachian Trail. I've, I've done bits and pieces here and there, all the way from North Carolina all the way up. You know, I did the long trail. That's part of it. Sounds like there's quite a few adventures in the future. Oh, yeah. Just keep adventuring. That's that's basically it. (laughs) Go new places. See new things. All right. Uh, What advice would you give to an aspiring photographer? Explore. Figure out the way that things are happening. And really question what other people are doing and what you yourself are doing, how it's happening. Because it's that kind of insight that 
lets a person develop themselves, you know? The, the ability to reflect is one of the most amazing human qualities. It really helps us develop our, ourselves as well as our relationships between our, our friends. That's great advice. All right, I think we can wrap this up. Sure. Thank you for sitting down and talking to me. No problem, man. Anytime. Uh, where can people find you? People can find me <laughs> uh, anywhere in the the neighborhood of Park Slope in Brooklyn or the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center or my email is evandrlng at gmail.com Evan Darling but without the vowels in Darling yeah, that's pretty much my only, like, main point of contact. I don't like spending a lot of time hunched over a computer. Prefer to be hunched over the microscope instead? Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Alright, thanks. No problem. In Focus is a production of the Insight Photography Project. The Insight Photography Project is a nonprofit youth arts organization empowering youth through photography regardless of their ability to pay. Visit us at insight-photography.org. Our opening music is provided by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com.